Bop-a-doo and how do you do? Welcome back to Asterixar. The most prolific Pixar podcast on this pizza planet. Mm-hmm. I'm Ethan, your host, and with me as my co-host. It's been a long time, but we're back, QG. We're back. How are you? Oh, boy. Just great. <laughs> it's been a no, great time. I, I, for, I forgot how... There's guaranteed technical problems whenever you want to record anything. <laughs> That's your biggest thing you've taken away from this time apart? Yep. It's been a while. Been um, I think since summer 2019 was our last recording. Although it seems like maybe they've taken down some of our podcasts because <laughs> I can't seem to find the last Toy Story one we did. But regardless... Hmm. Maybe there was some offensive content on it. I don't know. I'll have to go back and find them. Maybe they're just lost to the ether. Yeah. But what can you do? <laughs> yeah. What can you do? The, the ether... FCC won't let us be. <laughs> the ether the comes F- for, FCC. for us all. Yeah, the FCC probably doesn't really care. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have enough money to concern the SEC. No. So it's been a long time. But we're back. We're going to get back into talking about Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us now, that'd be very strange. Because I don't know how you've heard about this podcast. I don't know anybody hears about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but for the day ones out there, the OGs, the Asterixar Army, or the Zarmy. I like the Zarmy. The Zarmy, yeah. I'm glad I thought about that. Now, after 20 <laughs> podcasts, <laughs> we're rounding it out. So this is for you guys. This is, we're back. And today we're going to talk about Pixar's latest movie, Soul. We only have a short time on this planet. You want to become the person that you were born to be? Don't waste your time on all the junk of life. What am I doing? Spend your precious hours doing what will bring out the real you. The brilliant, passionate you. That's ready to contribute something meaningful into this world. (laughs) (laughs) Today's focus is Soul. Pixar's movie that just was released not too long ago streaming only mm-hmm. and the convenience is nice I, I i cannot say it's not yeah but as we'll probably get into a little bit later you know there is something about seeing the movie in the theater when it's a movie with spectacle similar to coco like you you saw at the drive-in mm-hmm. i just very very vividly remember the scene where they go first reveal the underworld or you know whatever you want to refer to it as, is moving on the big screen. Yeah, it's because it's yeah, it's this enormous like probably you know million hour render of like this enormous skyline. Yeah, it, it's full of detail and just like oh, your eyes are darting around. And I feel like like the insane amount of detail in this movie probably would also look really great on a big screen 
Yeah, I agree. So, and we'll get we'll get into the you know couple of the specifics there. First, did you have any thoughts coming into Soul? Do you know? Did you know what it was about? Did you read about it, or did you go in blind? What, what were you thinking? I did not know. Any, I assumed it was about Soul music because of all the ads and stuff. Uh, I assumed it was just going to be a. I don't know why at this point because I should know that there's no such thing as like a straightforward like here's just a guy playing music for Pixar. That's not a <laughs> something that happens. So just a character study of a guy playing <laughs> yeah. soul music. I mean, I really enjoyed that anyway, probably. But sure, no, it was it was great. Yeah, uh, I really so blind oh. <laughs> to answer your question. You went in blind. No, that's good. Um, same How here. about you? Yeah. Yeah, same here. I, I went in blind. Um, I mean, I knew there was something, I guess, going on with death or your soul, of course. Yeah. And so it was kind of a double entendre. Hmm. Uh, the innuendo, if you will. Um, and so I knew that part of it. I knew it was you know, going to be focused on a main character who was a, some kind of soul musician. And... When I knew that, I looked up a little bit of it, and I saw that it was uh, Pixar Golden Boy, Pete Doctor, helming the movie. Golden Boy. He's taken the reins from John Lasseter. He is the chief creative officer at Pixar. He's been directing... He has directed some of the classics, Monsters, Inc., Up, Inside Out, which will have a lot of uh, connection here, I would say. Mm-hmm. For sure. But one thing I thought, though, this is a movie about soul music, or soul somewhat. Main character is a black man who is a soul musician. And so partly I was, like, bristling at the idea of a white director. Of that kind of story, I yeah. Did you I, have a similar thought? Coming into I, I was worried they were gonna mess it up, considering, uh, you know, the state of things. I feel like that's not really a good idea at this point or ever. But I feel like that's definitely a tightrope walk if you're a white director for this movie. Yeah, I think, you know, I guess without getting into too much details of the movie itself, which we'll get into course um not yeah it, it would have been nice i guess to to see not only just a, a story of a black character being told by a director or someone at the helm that is a black person but at the same time just really in pixar getting more people of color as directors for sure or other than white men as directors to their stories and in their coming movies, in the the next few movies coming out, I think there is some progressive change there. Um, you know, especially with some of the issues, I guess, that arose from John Lasseter, the previous Golden Boy mm-hmm. Pixar. <laughs> Not so golden anymore. <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, speaking of that, I watched... Well, <laughs> I put on Bow for my girlfriend 
because I wanted to see if it would like, you know, pull at our heartstrings a little bit. <laughs> but it it ended up really getting me real hard, and I'm like, damn. They got you again. They got me again. Yeah, and that I think that the woman who made that short is going to direct a movie, I believe. Right on. We'll have to uh, cross check that as we're going, but it it would be good because Disney muffed it so hard when they made Mulan. Yeah, I mean, if you start, yeah, if you're talking talking Disney too. Yeah, Disney's really been Disney and their muffs. <laughs> yep. One thing I'll say to to the credit to Pixar's credit, um, I mean they 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 picked Pete Doctor, I'm sure because. Not I mean not that they picked Pete Doctor. This was his his concept. He thought this idea up with the team, um, but you obviously can see the similarities to Inside Out that he previously handled. Mm-hmm. Um, and to their credit, they did. It's you know it says they had a internal culture trust comprised composed of black Pixar employees, and then they also got a co director Kemp Powers, who is now the first black director of a Pixar movie. Even though, I mean, Pete Doctor gets the credit or gets the spotlight, I guess. But Yeah, but I uh, I was also worried about the music specifically. Because, what about it? Well, I was afraid they would mess that up too. <laughs> it says a lot about, you know, movie culture that we just assume that they're just going to mess up culture in any of their movies. I guess that's history, but <laughs> they, they did get a lot of, um, actually good music. And I know they consulted John Batiste and him specifically. I, I don't know. I really like his music. So that's a really good call putting him in charge. <laughs> Because when you see music by Trent Reznor, the first thing you think is, wow, they are not going to do jazz. <laughs> That's funny because, yeah, I, I didn't know Trent Reznor was involved at all. I actually didn't even know John, but I, I just didn't do much research ahead of time. Um, but yeah, it was John Batiste, Trent Reznor, and Atticus Ross helming the score and the soundtrack. Um, other musicians, they got Herbie Hancock, Quincy Jones, Questlove, who even has a voice uh, in the film as well as Debbie Diggs. So they, they comprise a good team um, around the movie. So I think my preconceived notions were put to rest a bit. It wasn't a La La Land situation with a white man coming in to save jazz music. <laughs> yeah, there are no white saviors in this movie. It's kind of great. <laughs> That's true. So, usually we talked about we were talking about box office numbers like, leading off. I don't really know how to do that anymore, as we said, since it's all streaming. I don't know how they're because the box office, I guess, still exists, but I don't know. They're gonna have to figure out some other way to like meter how good movies are doing because I don't know. Do you count all Disney Plus subscriptions? Would that do it? I don't know. Yeah. Did yeah? Do you count people who made maybe people made accounts just for this movie? I don't really know <laughs> how you track that. It says on the Wikipedia the budget was 150 million dollars. 
box office is listed at forty seven point three million dollars. I, but like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how you get that. <laughs> uh, I also don't know, don't know where you can still go see a movie. Well, yeah, some places. <laughs> I mean, you can rent out theaters here. I mean, here too. But I don't know if that counts. Yeah, I don't know if that counts because, yeah. I don't know if like new if you get new releases available to you. I don't know. But regardless, it seems to be getting a lot of good good buzz, good praise. Yeah. We both were told we should record this podcast just because of how much a friend of ours liked it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Chelsea. <laughs> friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. And pre- and uh, previous guest of the pod. Twice. So let's get into it then. All right. Let's jump right into the the ins and outs of Soul the movie. So here's the synopsis. Pixar's Soul is about a jazz pianist who has a near-death experience and gets stuck in the afterlife, contemplating his choices and regretting the existence that he mostly took for granted. So we're introduced to the main character, Joe Gardner, a band teacher Yo. in New York. I'm sh- I believe it's confirmed to be New York. Yeah. It's not some made-up city. Okay. It's like in the New first York time city. I think any Pixar movie's been in like a real place and not California. That's probably true. Because Inside Out was in San Francisco. Oh, that's true. I don't know if... I think they said that. Hmm. Okay. If we're wrong, we'll look real stupid. No, I think that's true, too. <laughs> okay, cool. Good. I like all this. Yeah. Uh, so he's a band teacher in New York. And kind of the first scene, he's he's with his kids, teaching them how to play stuff. Uh, one of the kids shows some extra zest. He talks about the concept of being in the zone while you're playing music. And uh, he's sitting at the piano. He kind of starts drumming it out. And one interesting thing I... I Notice here that the way that they show the in the zone kind of feel, mm-hmm. very similar to in Ratatouille when they're uh, when they're eating, they're trying to display taste. You remember that? Yeah. So it's interesting with the. I mean, throughout the movie, there's a lot of interesting choices on how to represent, you know, concepts that are not physical metaphysical mm-hmm. ideas and whatever and so it's kind of a fun callback almost whether intentional or not well to, uh, ratatouille it might be i think ratatouille was in it um i was gonna say the beginning part where they go over the disney logo and the theme is just the terrible band playing the theme in the classroom i thought it was really good that's true that was a good touch yeah I thought that was great. Also, he's a sub teacher, or like a. I don't understand why he was just getting the job. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess he's part time. I guess he's probably part time because he wants to have his time available to play the his music at night because he still has dreams of being a like professional soul musician. Yeah, and so then he's offered the choice of accepting a full time position with benefits and kind of being set. But then he doesn't have his extra time for himself, so that's kind of you know the crux of the the uh, 
conflict of the movie, as you'd say. <laughs> and his mom Question. hates him. His mom just wants him to have a cushy job. Any mom. <laughs> now, a question for you is, were you or were you not in band? I was in band, in fact. Did I was you in... play the drums? <laughs> I did play the drums. I played, Aha. yeah, I was in drum line. Much drum like line. Nick Cannon. <laughs> I um, often compare you to Nick Cannon. <laughs> very similar. You have a penchant for turbans. <laughs> I can't read music either. Uh, actually, I can read music, by the way. But flex. I. I can relate to. No, I don't know if I can relate. I feel like <laughs> my band experience is Did very different. In that, okay, tell about it. In that my my band director was a huge asshole. And so, like, I guess there were a couple kids who were in there who, like, hated that they were playing music, which I never really understood why anyone would join band. Because <laughs> it was, like, a choice. And then, like, absolutely hate the experience. But they stuck in there. And he has had, he had a real hard-on for people at Drumline because, I don't know, he just, <laughs> I don't like the face you're making but he just he's always picked on us and like everything was always drumline's fault you know the deal mm. okay so like a bad hard on i thought like he had like a good hard on no i, don't, I doubt he could even get a hard on <laughs> damn it's a gross well, little weasel man <laughs> okay that answers some of my questions on your experience <laughs> not as positive I guess as uh, I mean, I I enjoyed my tenure. I just didn't like him in particular. You didn't like his his weaselly hard on. No. I took guitar at school for yeah. probably a semester in school, and then I did private lessons outside of school. This was all middle school age, I think. Okay. The biggest p- hiccup I had in progressing is that i didn't really actually listen to much music at that age <laughs> so i remember during one of my my lessons the tutor was just like you know just bring in your favorite song and like we'll start jamming out to that and i just i didn't know any music so i, I... grabbed like one of my brother's cds <laughs> north pearl jam <laughs> oh god i mean that's <laughs> probably surprising to them but actually no around that age <laughs> Around that time, it would have been perfect. Yeah. I think it was the Versus album. How did your teacher react to that? Uh, That's a good question. I don't know. He probably gave me more cred than I deserved. (laughs) Because I bet, yeah, I bet he was of the age that would have probably been. Well, I got a story for you. Uh,. So yeah, that I, I, you could say I lacked the spark needed. I I I can relate. So I didn't take I took mandolin lessons when I started college, but oh. I never really took off. It was really weird. the The weirdest <laughs> part being, we would like play. He made me buy like a video a voice recorder so he could like 
So when he like gave me instructions, I could play it back, which is actually smart, I guess. Or he could play like a, a riff, and then I could like hear it back. Oh. But whenever we had lessons, he told me to just leave like the money on his table on the way out because I was a, <laughs> he would never like accept the money directly from me. Straight up, uh, sex work. Yeah, it was real weird. I didn't like it. Put the and money then, on the dresser. I stopped going because one day he was like, because it was, we agreed on 30 bucks and then like one week he's like, by the way, it's been 35 this whole time. So you <laughs> owe me that back money. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to leave 30 on this dresser and then I'm going to never come back. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Hmm. You've had some interesting teachers. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. He was like a weird, like, like Gainesville man who feel like I didn't. I feel like I couldn't even find his house if I wanted to again. Like it was like <laughs> get some tucked away grove. Yeah, it was a lot of those. <laughs> Probably not even real. So you you did drums in high school and then you tried mandolin in college. Yeah. So part of the conceit of the story is people have their, you know, passion, their dream in life that they need to pursue their whole life. So if you can go back, start from scratch, would you pick mandolin as your instrument or would you pick a different instrument? Uh, I, hmm. I feel like I'd probably pick piano if, if I had a choice. I wonder if that's common. I would pick piano. I wonder if I, that's a common answer. It must be. I feel like if you play piano, like, you got the rest of the music on lock. You just got to, like, get the technique down, you know? Yeah, I think that's what they say. That's <laughs> <laughs> what people phrase. who know music say. Yeah. Well, go, going back to the representation they do of the being in the zone and the flow, I don't know what they refer to exactly. But I do remember in architecture class, which we took, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we had to sit and listen to a piece of music and draw out the shape of it sort of and that was the beginning of a larger project did you have to do the same project yes i do remember this we listened to blue rondo electric that's a blue rondo electric is that dave brubeck that is dave brubeck wow good good call hey (laughs) (laughs) a big brubeck head brubecker (laughs) Um, so all of this is to say we did that. And then from there, you know, we built structures from it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the representation they did in the movie kind of fit exactly what most of us in the class would had drawn on this, you know, large piece of vellum. So I guess that's kind uh-huh. of a universal <laughs> description <laughs> of that flow. I haven't heard the word vellum in so long. <laughs> uh, what which what are you talking about? Which which flow part of it? Just like so, when Joe Gardner's playing the piano and he's kind of like starts to get, you know, into his own yeah. space, which he does in the class, and then later he's performing or playing oh, yeah. with okay, um, a famous jazz soul person of the area. Um, that was one of my favorite projects, though. I enjoyed that. 
It was good. And kind of like we're, we'll see throughout the movie, I, the, the representation, the physical representation they've chosen for all these concepts and ideas, it, they really nailed so well. Are all your references going to be to architecture? <laughs> that was the only one. Okay. I don't have much in my bag. <laughs> one of my questions that I'm skipping over now is just, have you ever pursued a dream? <laughs> have I ever pursued a dream? No, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, <we don't laughs> it's going to break me. That was, that was one thing about this movie. Uh, this man struggle with whether or not he's accomplished anything in life. Bit of a downer. Mm-hmm. It's very relatable, I feel like, but it is a downer. <laughs> but at least, at least in the beginning, he's given that taste of success. <laughs> He goes stripped right away from him. Exactly. He is offered a chance to fill in with one of his favorite soul musicians of the time, played by Angela Bassett. Uh, and he nails the audition, I guess. And so he's on cloud nine telling, uh, I can't remember who he's calling. He's calling somebody. <laughs> I mean, who was he calling? I don't know. But <laughs> something bothers me. Because when he leaves, it shows him, like, going through, like, 20 different scenarios where he should be dead. So, I have a hard time having, like, sympathy for for, for him, uh, you know? That's, no, that's a good point. And I think something we've probably discussed a few times on this podcast. The main character is a bit of a dick. He is a dick, yeah. He's self-involved. He's selfish. Self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And that's the struggle he has in the movie that he needs to overcome. Yeah, he could have a great job. Still, his mom lives in town. They can hang out. He can yeah. ask that lady out again. Like, you know, he has so many things. But instead, he chooses to just pout. And, you know, it's all about him. Exactly. Yeah. His mom has a maybe a successful tailor shop there doesn't seem to be any customers in there ever no <laughs> it's just her one her of two friends her friends that like her like sexually harasses him <laughs> <laughs> it's a strange dynamic i thought they were all related maybe at first but i think so did just i kind of, oh so I think he calls weird... him aunt right but that's just kind of a colloquialism yeah that's a weird detail to put in a movie which part that that like kiss me on the mouth thing like that Especially considering what just happened at like at their leadership. Yeah, yeah. One of, one of his mom's two friends uh, maybe has a thing for Joe. I'm sure, why not? Voiced by Jamie Fox. We didn't even say that. I uh, didn't re- realize till way late that it was Jamie Fox. <laughs> I don't know why. I feel like it should have been really easy, but really? yeah, yeah. He, I feel like he's got a distinct no voice. But it's also, uh, my wife has been playing a lot of Jamie Foxx comedy bits lately, <laughs> since we watched the movie. Oh, okay. I mean, you know him to be a very talented man. He, he has a, a bit where he's playing the piano and he's singing the Brady Bunch theme song, but as <laughs> Prince and other various musicians. It's great. You should look it up. I want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yes, I can't believe I didn't say it. Jamie Foxx is the lead. Um, so you know, as him, did you did you like the voice match to the character design and characterization? Yeah, I thought I thought he did a really good job. Um, I'd agree. I think all the the voice talent is is good. Yeah, I can't think of anybody I was like upset about. Maybe. No, maybe Tina Fey, but that's what I was gonna say. So yeah, so Joe is uh, he's on cloud nine. He's just presumably in his mind got his big break, but he's distracted as he's celebrating and he falls to his death or near death, I guess. I was a little unsure about that, but he falls down a manhole. Yeah, yeah. That, okay, wait. Let's <laughs> touch on that. Actually, yeah, his body's still like that. Implies that if. Well, I guess what they're trying to do is like he's in a coma. Yeah. And you don't die. Like, but I think when you, I thought it was when you die, your soul leaves your body, not when you're in a coma, your soul leaves your body. <laughs> and then if it makes it to the afterlife, then you're dead. Yeah. So I guess he was. Okay. Yeah. So... Yeah. Because <laughs> now that more I think about it. So he fell on the, the manhole and then we were introduced to him and his soul form. Yeah. It's very cute little like blue green little guy and he's on a pathway a stairway so to speak <laughs> uh to the other other world or to heaven what they, say. they don't call it heaven they, they don't, don't say stairway to heaven. they make a point not to do that um and it's like this big white mass and he's on a stairway it looks like a fretboard of a guitar i don't know if you mm. picked up on that that's clever so yeah i guess he is supposed to then just continue on and then die yeah but he does and he jumps off of this stairway lands into the pre-world where like souls are getting their personalities that's where he meets tina fey who i didn't realize until this movie does a very good job of having an annoying voice if she wants to (laughs) i don't know if i would have pegged her as such you know we had a Sarah Silverman and Wreck-It Ralph, who I would definitely say, yeah, if I want to like cast an annoying little girl voice, I I just assumed I it was going to be Sarah Silverman when I saw the character <laughs> because <laughs> it looks so similar. <laughs> yeah, she's got like kind of like a little little sassy buck tooth face. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they gave the her only... buck teeth too. What's up with that? This <laughs> wait does Sarah does uh what's her name in Wreck-It Ralph? She has buck teeth too though. Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess that's just like the the coded image for obnoxious child character. I guess yeah. Yeah, doesn't it like Dennis the Menace have buck teeth? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Poor kids with buck teeth—they're just set up for failure. <laughs> so he links up with Tina Fey, who's twenty, referred to as twenty-two. She's the twenty—I guess the twenty-second soul to pass through here, and she's supposed to move on after she gets all of her personality and her spark but she has rejected countless uh, mentors along the way and so joe who had just fallen down a manhole and i guess was on the brink of death they're able to jump back into his body uh and his body's fine i mean he's jumping up and running around yeah that's true yeah it doesn't make any sense because i feel like 
He would maybe he just just fell and just knocked his head. Which is just brain damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bleeding in his skull, but his body's fine. Yeah. And so now he has a new soul in his body. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> also this like implies that animals have souls, or you could just put a soul in an animal. Which, yeah, it does some things really well. But some concepts maybe not so well. Because also the people who run the afterlife are, they're creatures that exist in a different dimension. Right, because there's there's the accountant, Terry, who makes sure every soul that comes into that, I guess, stairway to heaven. I guess they all have to then go into the after world heaven so i guess that does mean that joe is set to die and then there's the jerry's which are in the pre-world who sort of shepherd the pre-souls to get their personality and go to earth did you like those designs those designs were fun yeah that was really cool mind work i mean the best abstract I think they did a really good job of like skirting making any religious like issues at all. Like they they completely implied that like yeah, there might be religion. I don't know. That's probably cool. But also, there's also beings from another dimension that are just overseers, which I I thought was really clever. And that was yeah, very intentional. They didn't want any kind of religious connection there but uh, kind of like we were talking earlier the thoughts seeing this at home versus seeing it in theater yeah the parts that i was really like man it'd be nice on big screen <laughs> we're all this under pre-world beyond world stuff because he's just there and just the huge ball of light looked pretty amazing yeah it would be very striking on like a huge screen Especially because, like you said, this is the first movie really set in, like, a real place. So you are just in, you know, the streets of New York, and then, boom, you're dropped into this very ethereal kind of crazy conceptual world. In the pre-world, too, is very fun. Like, hills of, like, Mario, almost. <laughs> I, I didn't... Hmm. Well, because they give up... A- all the new souls or whatever, like defined by personalities and like different types of basically just different type of personalities and different like parts of that, except for the spark thing. But I don't know. I guess that's a cute way of saying that's how you look at personalities, but I feel like that's, I didn't really understand the spark thing either, actually. Well, I guess maybe that's somewhat intentional because that becomes the kind of twist at the end. Because when Joe lands, he in his he defines himself by his pursuit of soul music. He is a man who wants to be a soul musician. Yeah. So in his mind, these pre-souls, they pick up their kind of personality traits like, oh, if they're, I don't know, anxious or whatever, whatever. But then... In his mind, to get to Earth, they need to decide what they will be or like what their dream is. 
on Earth. And so this 22, Tina Fey, this 22 soul, is the one who hasn't found that yet. So his, his in Joe's mind, it's similar to what he's pursuing. Like some, yeah. You need to find some... Like, I guess a hobby that you really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it, it came down to. Like, yeah, I don't know. What do you like to do on the weekends? Um, one part here. So they they go to the what do they call it here? The Hall of Me, I think it is. And they run through all of like memories of Joe's life. It's the Hall of, oh yeah, yeah, the Hall of Me. Is it the Call of Hall of Me? Yeah, something like that. Because then there's the Hall of Everything too. I like the Hall of you... Everything. Hall of Everything is cool. Yeah, that's where you go to like find what you're passionate about, like archery or whatever. Then the Hall of Me is just all his memories, and it's hella depressing. It's terrible. Yeah. Because <laughs> just like him watching TV, him eating him pie alone, <laughs> eating pie alone, which. Like we talked about earlier, if you've ever pursued a goal or a dream yourself, it hit extra hard now that we're all just, you know, sitting at home watching TV and mm-hmm. eating pie alone for the most part. I eat pie so alone tonight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks, Pixar. Yeah. Really twisting that knife. But eventually they they wind up, I don't know what the other area is called, but it's where the lost souls go. And that's how they're able to get back to Earth because he links up with uh, Moonshine. Yeah, maybe. I I I do think that was cool. How they basically said that, like, ship. yeah, taking psychedelics connects you to the plane in between, which is, I guess, what people think. <laughs> yeah did they, did they say take psychedelics? It was implied, I mean, everything was tie dye, and he was like, oh, bro, look at this. <laughs> That's true. Uh, voiced by Graham Norton. He, he was a good voice. He had a good voice, yeah. I mean, he's so, still alive. He has a good voice. <laughs> he still has a good voice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're able to get back to Earth. Joe kind of jumps the gun, and this is what causes him to accidentally bring 22 along. And then Joe accidentally falls into the therapy cat and 22 falls into his body. Then it kind of kicks everything off. Yeah. More or less. Because what, another thing I noticed too, I can't remember, there's like a really long intro until it plays the title card, right? I don't think it shows that title until like after he's in, he's dead. Yeah. Am I mistaken? It takes yeah, a long time. So, and I did see some criticism on the pacing of the movie, but like it was too slow. Not that it was too slow, but I think the ending actually people didn't like how fast it was, which we'll, I guess we'll get into in a second. But mm-hmm. similar to Inside Out, I mean, it is a lot they're trying to cover, and kind of like you mentioned, they don't they don't explain the structure too much because you can get bogged down. I think a little bit in it. Yeah. But who the Jerry's are and the Terry's and all that shit. Well, that's like jazz, man. <laughs> there you go. It's all improvised. That's another question actually brings up. 
movie's called soul but they play jazz they do play jazz and that's markedly different than soul music i would say so i when i saw dorothea she was like a it seemed like a like uh what's that lady's name that that hefty lady who sang really well (laughs) adele it's not not adele she's thin now so she's cool right (laughs) oops just kidding um no uh aretha franklin uh, oh yeah, Dorita, Aretha, yeah, yeah, okay. Dori- I get it. yeah, yeah, Doritos, <laughs> Doritos, I Jackson. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> I assumed she was gonna be like belting out some soul. You know, I thought that was kind of the angle they were going for, but I mean, yeah, I maybe that will fall on the white director a little bit. <laughs> you don't think Pete Doctor knows the difference? <laughs> feel like he's like i don't know it's the same <laughs> well that actually brings up a, a good point i had that i read so p doctor kind of thought of this idea of like people pursuing their dreams and like what that looks like whatever whatever and originally the main character they thought of perhaps being a scientist so mm-hmm. someone that could have i don't know a soul a soul have a soul uh it could be pursuing something greater than them and like be seen as their life life uh goal but they eventually settled for a musician because they the quote was uh they wanted a profession the audience could root for (laughs) and the pursuit of a scientist was didn't feel so naturally pure as a musician's life this is not the problem with america I mean, I would have said like a year ago, yeah, that's dumb. But (laughs) (laughs) since recent events, I feel like maybe they're onto something. (laughs) (laughs) To reach a wider audience if they (laughs) reject science. Yeah. They go just, everyone likes music, right? It's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I wonder if... They maybe got lashed onto the title of soul. And they probably went, oh, they, people won't know the difference between soul and jazz. Yeah, they they got soul first, and then they they kind of probably stopped thinking about it as they got the title down. <laughs> like it's gotta be soul. <laughs> yeah, it's, the whole movie's about soul. But no one wants to listen to soul music, so they just play jazz. So this also brings out another question. So we have Joe in a cat. <laughs> you have twenty two in Joe's body, and now. Joe is able to see his life from a different perspective and see how much of a selfish prick he is. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even ask his barber like what he wanted to do when he grow up, grows up or anything. <laughs> Doesn't I mean, connect to his students. I get what they were trying to do. Like he was trying to, they were trying to be like, this guy's too obsessed with jazz music. But like, I mean, how much can you talk about it? <laughs> like, I like music a lot and I talk about it a lot, but I don't think I'd ever be like to my barber, like, hey, I'm back again. Remember jazz? I'm still <laughs> thinking about it. Like, yeah, yeah. no, it definitely. He's. <laughs> I love that trope where it's like, I would have told you, but you never asked. And it's right. like, if you ask one time, he's not going to be like your best friend after that. He's like too excited. And I was like, finally, 
this asshole I see like once every couple of months ask me about my life. So you but, think it's on the barber maybe to maybe change the topic every once in a while? No, 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 no. I don't think it's on the barber. I just don't think the barber would. I feel like he'd still be like, yeah, he asked me how my life was and stuff, but still like screw this guy a little bit. He's still an asshole regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Supposedly he's been going to his barber for years and only ever talked about soul music or jazz music. But and, to be fair, I don't ever want to talk to people while they're cutting my hair. So I'm I, asshole too with that. <laughs> I didn't until I started getting my hair cut by a friend of mine and then it made it easier. But also he did the best thing that any barber's ever done for me where, well, the first time I went to him, he was just having a bad day. He was like, yo, I've just been talking to people all day. If I'm, you're like our last customer. Like, I just really don't feel like talking. Do you mind if we just like, if we just like don't say anything and just ice cut your hair? I'm like, like, yes. <laughs> Which every barber asked me that. Yeah. And it's then, like, yeah. Well, it's like, uh, isn't it an Uber? Can't you like mark that you don't want them to talk to you or something? There, Back when Uber was a thing? Yeah. I haven't used Uber in, oh yeah, shit. <laughs> I haven't used Uber in forever. But I used, I mean, I used Lyft because Uber is like a bad company. But so is Lyft, so I guess whatever. <laughs> but, uh, so I never knew if, I, I've heard, I feel like that button might be apocryphal because also, even if you click that button, I guarantee they're still gonna talk to you anyway <laughs> that's true yeah i never saw it in real life either maybe it was just a a dream someone had yeah but yeah i i've never had a friend barber so i always just pick a different barber so that i don't have to get into deep thought deep <laughs> you don't have to, to bond with them <laughs> exactly I try to avoid all bonds uh, well now he starts off every session with like like not like, hey, I want to talk today, but like we start talking like normal. But he's just like, but if you don't feel like talking today, just let me know. That's cool. But, you know, I like the option. Because then you don't feel like awkward when you're sitting there and like, I don't know what else to say to this. Yeah, like this person I met five minutes ago. <laughs> I don't care about really. I start sweating. <laughs> the longer it goes without any anything sad i'm just like oh i gotta say something well and then and then the longer it goes like the harder it is to you can't think of something i feel like 40 minutes and not saying anything like oh so anyway how's your dog <laughs> you know like yeah. i don't have a dog <laughs> once once you go on for like there's past, a window past five minutes i think you're screwed like you just can't say anything ever again yeah yeah there's a, there's a tipping point for sure they need the option just to like put you under that would be a pretty good idea. I feel like they could cut your hair really easy. They just move your head exactly. around, yeah. or jerk you around. Get like a do like a chiropractor in there too. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like the whole, like head cradle. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing so many of those things on on Instagram. Like, there's so many stories or whatever. Like the their fake TikTok thing that of just people getting cracked by chiropractors like it's like a whole it's like the pimple popper person oh, like it's just like those like weird videos that people watch like for hours psychos man watch that <laughs> yeah. shit. i did watch a video recently of some conference some group of people watching you know some dudes on a stage and they he got them all to crack their knuckles at the same time 
It sounds so nasty. It sounds very wet. Were they all like, like mic'd or something? No, just an audience of people cracking their knuckles, and there's just enough of them that you could hear it very vividly in the microphones on stage. Ugh. Yeah. And I'm I... an avid knuckle cracker. Even that made me squeamish. <laughs> I want to watch this video. I'm like going to make a list of all these things you're referencing. <laughs> Including those girls stuck in the laundry machine. Girls stuck in the laundry machine is number one. <laughs> so, speaking of numbers, one of the characters in this movie is number 22. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get back on topic here. So, we have now, Joe, like we said, Joe and the cat, 22 in Joe. And for a while in the movie, I wonder if he's thought the same thing. There was kind of the question of like, who's the main character here? Because mm. twenty two is the one that's like going through. This is her first time being on Earth, so she's experiencing everything for the first time and like growing and changing in her perspectives. Because she was very down on being alive. I guess the whole thing was that like, wasn't for her. She was very comfy and cozy and pre life. Yeah, and so she kept rejecting all these mentors to keep her there. So now she's like growing and changing, and Joe is just kind of being the same selfish guy he is, doing everything he can just to get to his gig at like that night. I think <laughs> at like seven or something. Yeah. Did you have that thought too? It's like who's the main character here? I kind of did, but it's hard to tell because, like, because <laughs> they're both assholes. So it kind of fits, you know, that both of them could be. Was 22 an asshole? She just didn't yeah. want to live. But she was like a jerk about it. She was a jerk about it. That's true. <laughs> and like, she was in this man's body and like, was like, I'm going to lock you inside and stuff. Like, I don't know. She did lock him in the house when she talked to the student. That's true. Yeah. But other than that, she did save all of his relationships, That's or at true. least improve them. So she finally, you know, broke down with the barber. He got a, his. He wanted to be a vet, and then he became a barber. He learned that. Uh, made a major breakthrough with his mom. That's true. Yeah, they finally come to an understanding of his true passion in life. Being he ruined a that jazzist. guy. <laughs> he ruined that that dude paul's life <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> paul had a mental breakdown yeah, he's ruined for the rest His of the time melted yeah but that's terry's fault it is terry's fault terry it showed happens. him too much yeah so how you see an interdimensional being <laughs> i do like how yeah. he moved around because like when he got to earth to like chase him down he started going through like all the different lines and angles and stuff yeah that was fun. He was taking and over like cracks in the sidewalk. Yeah. Who who voiced him? It was a woman from New Zealand. I'm not familiar with her though. Rachel Green? I wanna say. Oh Rachel House. Rachel House. Rachel Greenhouse. Rachel Greenhouse. <laughs> That's what we call her. But and then one of the other ones was that dude from IT crowd. Richard. I can never pronounce his name right. I also can't. Richard something. Yeah. But listed 
Hmm. I w- actually, when I was watching the movie, I was checking it, and they had him credited as Terry, and then Rachel House credited as being him, like Richard Ayode. Oh. It was like listed on Google wrong, and I thought it was really funny. <laughs> and then I was also very confused by who was playing what character. Well, yeah, they're all named Jerry. Yeah. Which possible throwback to Jerry's Game, the first major short of Pixar. Ah. That's the, I think that's the idea. And Terry's Game, the, the <laughs> sequel to that. <laughs> <laughs> and then Donnell Rawlings was the, the barber, which when I heard him, I'm like, I know this voice. Who is this person? <laughs> yeah. Glad he's, glad he's working. Yeah, me too. Should have played with him once. Never got the courage to say anything. Well, you should. Oh, which, that's right. Which is fine. <laughs> you don't have to say something to a celebrity, but yeah. Who are you gonna say to him? Like, I'm rich, bitch. Like, there's <laughs> well, nothing. <he's>... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I want to shout lines at him. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really know much of his work outside of Chappelle's show. Yeah. But he was reading a script. Maybe it was Soul. Maybe. How many years like, ago was that? It was like ten years ago. I mean, I wonder how long this took to produce. It probably took forever. I could have sworn it was six years. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you looked that up. Oh, 2016. Yeah. So maybe. Yeah, well, ago. maybe that was that's when they started development. So maybe like they were just just throwing any script at Donald Rollins just to see if he he likes scripts. <laughs> it's in hot demand. <laughs> yeah. You could make Ashy Larry the movie. That'd be great. Or you, or you could do Soul. I wish they would have referenced that in the in the movie. <laughs> or they yeah, the would have barber- had like that skit in Dave Chappelle where they had like the drummers going to the barber shop. <laughs> oh man, why didn't they do that? I know. We're With John, John Mayer. Mayer. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your phone call away? Mm-hmm. He's not doing anything. So. Were you rooting for Joe to get back to his body and make it on time for his uh, potential big break show? Uh, yeah, because he went through so much trouble of like, I feel like he didn't grow at all until the show. Right. Actually... Now that I'm remembering more of the, the ending, I do have a problem with it. <laughs> so, oh, okay. Yeah. But I don't know where we are in the story or where you want to go. Well, no, that, that brings us to the end because he he does make the show, like you said. Mm-hmm. But it comes out unfulfilled. He thought that would be it. And he just doesn't – he asks Doritha, like, what do we do now? She's like, oh, same thing tomorrow night, which is the feeling – I think the genesis of the movie was when Pete Docter um, won his first Oscar. Same thing. They were just like, oh, I guess I just have to do this again. And so that was part of the the spark of the movie, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so Joe wins, but then he's unfulfilled. And so you're rooting for him to get to that point, I guess. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted him to because he was like so excited and it seemed like he was like kind of like he was being like more like generous than his personality was better he got like this new suit he got to fulfill his passion 
<laughs> that was mostly Tina Fey doing that. That's true. But he, <laughs> but he like, once he got in his body, though, he like, was like, okay, like, this is it. I'm going to do this. And then he does but it. He does it. But that bothered me because they, they make a reference to like, you know, life is just working riding the train with the idiots or something like that and then going home and it's like but like i'm not a musician i guess but if your goal was to be a musician with like a super famous saxophonist and like your friend who's on drums who is like your protege and like instead of teaching middle schoolers jazz i think that's like a huge improvement and i think they're kind of like I know what they're saying, like, every job is a job or whatever, but I think that's super depressing. <laughs> it's like, even if you even if you reach your goals and you do what you really want to do that you love, you're still going to hate your life. <laughs> it is super depressing. But I really like that concept. Because I guess it is realer. I think they also... I think Trent Reznor had a similar... Um, epiphany when he performed it performed his first show he was saying kind of the same thing i I agree with you that it it seems like maybe he could have gone beyond that point before reaching that conclusion but they do allude to earlier in the movie that maybe he's had similar breaks in the past because I, I think he's talking to his mom and she's like, oh, is this, how is this going to be different from the last one or whatever, whatever last big break. So this was maybe the bigger one because it was with this famous saxophonist, yeah, jazzist, Doretha Franklin. <laughs> but yeah, I wondered maybe, maybe in reality, he, he wouldn't have hit that point until later. But I mean, they can't do that in the movie. It would have been too long at that point. Yeah. But you had a problem going forward from here. So now he's realizing, I guess, what he needs to do. Or I was a little confused by this as well. What he, what the right thing to do would be to help Tina Fey 22 get to Earth. Because he kind of told her the things you liked about life were just everyday things. So these, this isn't a real spark to life. Like everything that you loved about life was through his body so it was just kind of he was taking ownership of that from her and then she got into the lost soul area yeah but he decides i guess since he's unfulfilled he needs to help her also become unfulfilled yeah Yeah. life is useless so i guess i'll (laughs) let her do it but also her whole thing is a paradox because her spark to live was being alive right but that's kind of what, because when he goes back to the pre-world, the Jerry there kind of rebukes his idea that your spark is your passion, your dream. Yeah. So I guess I am also confused as to what a spark would be. Yeah. They never, they never clear, which. But I guess it about... is. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. What's your thought on that? When they're like, when they had the everything room and they have pizza <laughs> But you can't experience anything about it then that's that takes away the whole purpose of pizza that's, that's true she can't smell it or taste it 
Yeah. And so it is until she's actually on Earth and eats pizza that she loves it. So why is it even in the hall of everything? Yeah. Because then it's just a triangle, basically. <laughs> and that's like, <laughs> you can okay. pass through yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, the other things in the hall of everything are like archery, which you can do even without smelling or tasting. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess, yeah, the spark is just your zest to be alive. I was thinking what I was hoping was happening. Uh, they, what didn't make sense to me was I thought it was going to end with like, he goes back to earth and then there's like a baby or something <laughs> that he like fathered on accident or something like that. And it was going <laughs> to oh. be 22. <laughs> <laughs> how would he know it's 22 <laughs> i don't know like it'll be some like like some like glimmer in her eye or something yeah. you know so the same buck tooth yeah, yeah. No, that's they could do it you could do it yeah right. yeah <laughs> okay and like this is our 22nd child we're gonna name her 22 <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i guess yeah i don't really know what the ending where it was gonna go but the scene of him playing the music with all the items that 22 had collected, which is, I guess, what gives him the idea to go back into this zone world. That was a touching scene. That was moving. Yeah. I felt like I could drum up some tears if I wanted to. Well, I felt like that. I, well, I thought he was going to take that and be like, oh, well, now I'm inspired to like write more music. I kind of thought know? that, too. Yeah. But because I didn't think like how you can't get back there. I mean, I guess they just talk about that with Graham Norton. You can go there, but I didn't know yeah. you could control it so easily. Yeah, he just like goes in like like that. He's just like great, <laughs> and he finds it. Which, like we said, I think that's a lot of people had issues with, or some people had issues with how rushed it seemed at the end. I mean, it's pretty tight. What's the what's the time it got? Ninety oh, hundred one minutes. So, yeah, you could have padded it out. I didn't feel, you know, like most Pixar movies, it was zippity. Yeah, it didn't feel long at all. Because I guess ultimately it's a movie for kids. Yeah. But with the topics that they discuss, and like we said, there's a few moments in there that kind of are heavy to consume as an adult. Do you think this is a good kids movie? Huh. <sighs> I feel like it had some like they definitely did like some kid glove stuff in it like there's a lot of like there's a couple like goofy like slapsticky things in it but I feel like maybe like mm-hmm. like preteenish to like older I wouldn't say like super young yeah I mean yeah the, the, the whole scenes of 22 as Joe kind of stumbling around in his hospital gown. I yeah. guess that's fun. But all in all, yeah, I don't know. I wonder how kids would enjoy it. Because kind of like mean, Inside Out, I mean, that seems pretty explicitly for like a preteen. But yeah, even that cool. has some more bright colors well, through it. <laughs> it is like a preteen story. Like, because she's the main character. Maybe this is for older men. <laughs> this movie is for this podcast. <laughs> for the two of us to discuss it. Well, do you think if you saw this as like a teenager, would you have some like existential crisis? 
That's yeah. Because it does kind of shatter the idea of you pursue your your dream, you work hard and you're happy. Yeah. Which is kind of what is the general thought as a I don't know, as a team. As a young lad. As a young lass. Yeah. As a youngin. You just Yeah. But I don't know if that would maybe go over my head a little bit. I don't know. It's a good question. Would you have like rebelled against it? Like, I don't even have a soul. <laughs> <laughs> I would have probably identified with 22. Yeah. I don't even want to be alive. <laughs> yeah, why even live? You're just going to die anyway. <laughs> Put me back in the pre-world. What do you... If I'm not mistaken, the last scene is him going into the great beyond, right? The last scene, and I had I had to go back and watch it because I was good. Does it really end on that? He goes back. He he gets twenty two her spark, and they both jump into the portal to Earth. And he lets her go, and she drops. I was trying to figure out where she was dropping. It looked like somewhere in Asia. I don't know if you were able yeah. to pinpoint that more than I, I, was. I think that's when I realized like he wasn't going back. Was like, oh, she's like nowhere near him. Right. That's true, yeah. It's like on the other side of the earth. And then I guess he's just, he's going to die. He's accepted his death. Because he's just walking into the big light until one of the Jerry stops him and says, you were inspiring so you can go back. So then in real life, he's just sitting at his piano and just dies. <laughs> yeah. Which is like mid-aneurysm. If you have the opportunity, just go back, dude. Like, you won. You got the person back. Like, don't you want to meet her in real life or something? I don't know. Like, I guess she wouldn't remember anything. But, well, he didn't have he didn't have a pass. He needed a pass to get to Earth. Remember? So well, yeah, he but I gave his pass to twenty two, and then his only option was then, I guess, to die. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. But wait, no, that does raise a question. How does Graham Norton go in and out? He does mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> No, he like gets in his zone, but he somehow like has he implies that he's done like psychedelics. So mm-hmm. he's like so good at being in his zone, he can move around in the zone. <laughs> I guess he also never goes into the pre-world. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's but, always in the in-between. But there's that box you can go in between, the in-between. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like the box in like like primer where you just get in and I don't know if that's too deep of a reference. <laughs> but, I've not seen the movie, but... Yeah, well... Yeah, I mean, well, of course it's going to be like a portal between. But it seems like the Jerry's don't give a shit about the in-between world. They're just like, I don't know. That's just kind of where... Yeah, they didn't seem to give much shit about their structure of their... Whatever they were doing there. The security is very weak. <laughs> um, Are you glad that they didn't follow 22 further and see her grow because that was i guess originally there were discussions of showing her growing up and then meeting up with joe in new york but i would have rather leave it to the audience i prefer that prefer which them meeting up oh you do yeah okay interesting so he would have been much older at that point then yeah. So say at least like you know, eighteen I twenty liked, years. I would have liked like uh, what I thought they were gonna do 
is I thought they're gonna have a a post credits or like during the credits like just little like sh- like like uh snapshots of her life like just like still frames of like no oh, she's born and she's growing up and the last scene could be like her and Joe hanging out on a bench somewhere <laughs> yeah i I thought they would show something like yeah. you're saying. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm glad they didn't, because that would have just raised some more questions. Like, how should would she have known him? Or I mean, she's a special her. soul. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. She was special in a lot of regards. They that's they could have done it, but yeah. I guess I'm glad they didn't. Maybe they're trying to make a sequel. Ah, Soul Two, Twenty Two, Soul Twenty Two, more <laughs> <Yeah>. souls. <laughs> Okay. All souls all souls go to heaven. <laughs> uh one thing our OGs, the Czar Army, will probably notice we did not have a Ratzenberger report. We didn't. This is the first Pixar movie where he does not make an official cameo. I'm aware of that. I was aware of it. I tried to listen because they said he's in it somewhere, but I yeah. could not. So he's he's not in it. Doctor P. Doctor says he makes a quote unquote cameo. Yeah, but he's not credited in the cast or his voice. He's not a voice role. So Kemp Powers, co-director, uh said there's a tribute to him as a non-speaking character in the in the film what but he's not officially in it the first time he's not officially in it so there's like is there like a <laughs> what so there i don't i don't know if is it's there like a cliff clavin somewhere in the background <laughs> well there is a character on the subway he bumps into who kind of has his voice almost and looks kind of like a Cliff Clavin. He's just like a rounder white guy and he's like, watch it. Or he's like a yeah. you know New York accent or whatever, <laughs> whatever the fuck accent he does. Uh, well, Cliff Clavin is Boston, but. <laughs> yeah, it's Austin. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that's a burger report. Maybe done. Was he in Onward? Well, I guess, yeah. I guess he would have been in Onward. This is the first he wasn't in, so. Okay. Yeah, fear not, Czar Army. <laughs> We're gonna find him, Zarmy. I might watch it again just to find him. I mean, there maybe yeah, maybe in the background there's another one. There's Ooh. a there's a mailman maybe sitting at a bar. Who knows? I didn't find a lot of Easter eggs for it. Um, the Pizza Planet truck is in the hall of everything. Oh, is it? Yeah, I was wondering. That's always that's always in it. It's always in it. There's also the Pixar lamp in the hall of everything. And the Luxo ball is in um, the room that I guess 22 is like stolen stuff from the hall of everything. The what's in there? The Luxo ball. Oh, classic. Classic. Uh, On the wall of mentors that 22 has gone through, there's a couple of Pixar oldies. Joe Raft, Ramp, Joe Ramft, <laughs> co-writer of Toy Story. Uh, 
amongst Toast others. Ori. To- yeah. to- toaster Ori. <laughs> Remember those weird toe films they used to make about everything? Or that thumb, those thumbs. Thumbs, yeah, thumbs. Yeah. Thumb Not wars. Thumb wars. <laughs> Sounds like a great idea for our next podcast. Mm-hmm. There was Thumb Wars, God. there was Thumb Man, I think. Batman, real. Thumb Man? <laughs> you maybe want to check me on that, I don't know. I'm looking up Thumb Man right now. <laughs> don't know what I'm going to get. <laughs> you're not going to get what you're trying to get. No, oh God. <laughs> there are Thumb Thumbs that are those <laughs> weird dudes in, in Spy Kids, remember that? I've never seen Spy Kids. No. Oh, but I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, they're like yeah, they're weird. thumb guys. They're all thumbs. Yeah, yeah, that's those are, those are weird movies. <laughs> I don't give... <laughs> Not Thumb so... Wrestling Federation. No. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, so what do you think? Do you enjoy the movie? Do you recommend the movie? I would, rec- I would highly recommend the movie. I thought it was really good. Shit, sorry. <laughs> yeah, fresh. I, I thought it was really good. I, I don't know. It was touching. Would you call this movie peak Pixar? Pixar, if you will. Pixar. <laughs> uh, a return to form. Hmm. I don't know. What would you would you recommend it? I recommend it. I would say it's peak Pixar. It's, you know, delving into a concept uh, that you wouldn't really think could be represented in a movie very easily. That's true, yeah. And I think they accomplished it well enough. I'm it's touching. Guess... <laughs> yeah. I guess all the movies have to do with with figuring out what what has a soul like the toys have souls to bugs cars animals cars dinosaurs dinosaurs do feelings have souls i guess feelings have feelings yeah yeah trash robots Mm-hmm. that's a big one yeah souls have souls do people no, who can't get out of chairs have souls <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would I would put it up there. I mean, not to be a, a prisoner of the moment, but we'll have to revisit our tears. <laughs> but I'd put it up there. I think, yeah, it definitely beats out a lot of... Well, I feel like they... they I mean, they spent four years on it, but I feel like they probably all take forever because the animation and whatnot. But... Also, the animation was definitely peak Pixar, which I guess is just how it always goes is that every time you put out something new, it's going to be look better because technology advances that much more. True. But like some of the scenes I like thought were like photographs, like that's how good they were. Yeah, I mean, it, we almost were underselling it, but the New York setting is, I mean, it's flawless. Yeah. And alive, and yeah, it's it's really well done. Um. Do you like it better than Inside Out? Pretty clear comparison there. Another Pete Doctor movie. Um, 
I'd say yeah. I would say so too. Maybe not to be caught up in the moment, but <laughs> possibly because just like we're saying, it, it has a more adult theme that we can connect to. And also, I feel like Inside Out maybe dealt with like abstract con- concepts a little bit clunkier than Soul did. Yeah. Because of that balance of like vagueness you have to keep. Mm-hmm. I'd agree. I feel like they took those same concepts but like really streamlined it. So yeah. Did you know that in Thumb Wars, the Phantom Cuticle, <laughs> <laughs> the characters' names were Loke, Ground Runner, Princess Bunhead, Obi Doob Benobi, Hand Duet, Crunchaka, Bibu Beep, Precipio, <laughs> Black Helmet Man, and Gabba the Butt. <laughs> yes i've seen thumb wars many times have you yeah i've never seen it oh man you gotta watch it Uh, how long is it it could be 15 minutes it could be three hours i can't remember it's not long uh yeah it's great it's very uh high on our list of quoted movies between my brother and i okay here's the films they made I know everyone's dying to hear this. Thumb Wars, The God Thumb, Bat Thumb, Bat Thumb, Franken Thumb, The Blair Thumb, Thumb Tannic, and Thumb Wars, The Thighs of Skyskipper. Huh? Oh, it's <laughs> it's an upcoming spoof. Oh, nice. He's still making them for some reason. <laughs> Do thumbs have souls? These ones do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Wait, what's a quote from <laughs> the thumb movie that you use? <laughs> so, at one point, they're trying to hire a uh, hands duet to uh, <laughs> ferry them. Yeah. And they have to pay him in girly giggles. <laughs> And then later, uh, I can't remember what Hans Duet set does, but looks like I want my giggle back. <laughs> uh, you gotta watch that. I'm definitely gonna watch it. And that'll be our next podcast. Mm-hmm. Thumb Nation. Thumb Nation. Ooh, already getting names for it. So, Soul is in the books. We did it now. If we think this went well, we can go back and do Onward with maybe right. a special guest. And then we've got a fresh set of shorts to discuss, too. So that's at least two more podcasts coming down the way. Oh, man. I forgot about the shorts. You got to watch them. I mean, I didn't. I watched several of them. Things. Once I got Disney Plus, man, all over those shorts. Oh, yeah. Those are so easy to fucking watch and pop in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's all I got. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks. We're thanks back, come baby. back. Yeah. Never going things away. Are, things are looking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're on the road to healing. <laughs> Finding our spark. Mm-hmm. Well, so long, partners. Howdy-ho.
That's not a honeypot, Mr. Rabbit. <laughs>